tonight. Um, last week we talked about Jephthah as well, and uh, we started the life of Jephthah. We should finish that, I would think, pretty close to finishing that tonight. Did you need an outline? Yes. Alyssa, can you get an outline, sweetheart? Thank you, babe. All right. Uh, we talked about Jephthah the, and the wrongdoer that he faced and things to that nature. And, but tonight we're going to jump in tonight and look at uh, this, if you will, the last three points of his life. <clears throat> he makes, he makes uh, a statement here in these verses that we'll read that just really hurts his family. And uh, Jephthah, uh, we saw in the first part of the scriptures that he was a mighty man of valor and, and uh, he, you know, he had sought after the Lord and God had gave him the strength and, and those things. But we're going to read a scripture here tonight uh, in Judges 11. Let's begin reading in verse number 30. We'll read, uh, the Bible says, And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt uh, without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Now, uh, to be honest, as we look at this, I, I, I kind of question and why, I want to know what drove Jephthah to make this decision. What drove him to make this vow to the Lord? Because in the scriptures, a lot of times we see that when the judges ruled, that God did it for them. God promised time and time again that he would deliver the enemy. God rose Jephthah up to deliver the children of Israel. So why would Jephthah decide that he needed to make this vow? And then also you notice that this vow as well, to me, that the vow is very... Uh, yeah, in verse number 31, he says, Whosoever comes out of my door, come forth out of my doors, and my house to meet me. So he put his whole family in jeopardy when he made this vow. He put his family in jeopardy, his wife in jeopardy, his children in jeopardy. Uh, whoever comes out to meet me, let's kill them and, and sacrifice them before the Lord. What is the sense of him doing that when already the, the battle was secure? The Bible says and teaches us in Ecclesiastes, what about a vow? The Bible says some strong things about a vow. The Bible says, if thou vow, vow, uh, I'm not going to quote it right. He says, if thou vow, vow, and don't pay it, it's better that you shouldn't even vow the vow. Right. So what all in that to say is, if you're going to vow a vow, such like Jephthah did, uh, you better pay it. You better pay it. And it's just like us today. If we vow a vow before God, then we need to pay that vow. We need to pay what belongs to the Lord. And so here it is. Jephthah makes this vow that whoever comes out to meet me, I'm going to sacrifice it and burn it. Offer it to the Lord for a burnt offering. Now, on the sense of it, man, that sounds, that sounds good on paper. Then that sounds good maybe in your mind. But ultimately, Jephthah put his family in jeopardy because it could be his family that comes out that door right. and greets him. So what does he have to do with that vow? He has to honor that vow that he told God. Right. But <clears throat> did, he need to, uh, did he need to make that vow? No. no. I personally believe, in my personal opinion, he did not need to make that vow. No. Because God had raised Jephthah up 
and God was going to deliver Amnon with Ammon without the vow of him saying, if you do this for me, God, then I'll do this for you. A lot of times we make senseless things and we say senseless things and we do senseless things without really asking God about what we ought to do. Truly, if he would have went to God and said, God, should I make this vow? God would have said, no, I've already got it covered. Right. And a lot of times, are, are we not guilty of that? Yeah. You know, we, we make the step first and then we're like, oh, let's consult God about this. You know, he went ahead and said, well, I'm going to make this vow. All right, God, if anybody comes out of my house, I'm going to offer it out or anything. Anything that comes out, comes out of my house first, that's who I'm going to offer it to you for a burnt offering. I know in his mind he probably thought like a cow or, or a goat or a dog or I don't know. I mean, in his mind, I mean, that's probably what he was thinking. But he put his family in jeopardy. But sometimes do we not put our family in jeopardy by decisions we make? Yeah. Now, I'd rather be in the middle of the will of God serving him than right here where I'm at than living back in home with my family, serving God, out of the will of God. The scariest place to be is out of the will of God. We we need to serve God, and we need to please God, but we need to do it in the confines of His will. What is God's will for your life? What is God's will for your life? Hmm. And people just think, ah, man, I'm through with the church, you know. I just don't see how they can do it in a right mind. Uh, because God don't reach down and grab us by the nap of our neck and say, you can't do that. Right. Well, I mean, the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. So yet he may not strike somebody down as he did in the Old Testament where he uh, rained fire upon uh, Sodom and Gomorrah for their sin or he, or he opened up the earth for Korah and his family uh, or he had Steve, uh, the, uh, uh, the family killed. My mind just went Achan and his family killed because they stole from God, although that may not happen. We pay consequences for not being right where we need to be. God will get your attention. God, God will. He will. You know, and that's the thing is, is God may get our attention, but sometimes people don't respond to that attention. They get mad at God because God, God tries to get their attention. And, and other too, you know, there is a sincerity as well that needs to be looked at. If you truly love God, are you truly born again? If you're truly um, seeking after the Lord, then you're, you're, uh, you're going to live a certain life. You know, and there's going to be a difference. There's going to be you you desiring that. Um, there also comes a place in a person's life where it comes to knowledge. Um, you know, you and I, we both started living for God uh, different ways. Um, some jumped right in and and never looked back. You know, I I I have family that jumped right in and started serving God, and then there was a period of their life when they sought the devil and they lived for the devil. And then they came back to God. 
and now they're serving God again. You know, so, I mean, there comes a time, it does happen, but ultimately, if someone is out there doing wrong, they need to get back in here doing right. But if, but of me, I've got to make sure that me, I'm in God's will, God's, God's purpose, God's place, and God's plan for my life so that I, I'm not out there making wrong decisions and, uh, and not making the decision that can hurt my family, making a decision that can hurt our church, making a decision that can hurt me. And that's what Jephthah did. He made a decision that hurt his family. And uh, we'll get to it. Number one, we see his worry. He was worried about this, and he shouldn't have been. There are many times in our life when we worry about things that we cannot control. I'm guilty, just like anybody else. I can't control the outcome. I I can't control how things are going to turn out, but I know that God's in control. And, And no matter what it is, no matter what's taking place in my life, I can't control it. There's only so much I can control. You know, you get in your car, there's, there's a lot of things you can control. You can control the speedometer. You can control if it's in park or in gear. You can control the windshield wipers. You can control the lights. You can control everything that's inside that car. But you can't control a single thing that happens outside the car. And you can't control what takes place in, uh, in, in the person on the other side of the road. You can't. That's coming at you. I remember one, one time I had a wreck. Uh, I was driving to Kansas when I was, I don't know, 17 years old, and I had my sister, maybe 18, I was somewhere running there, uh, we were driving to Kansas, and, and uh, there was snow on the road, and uh, we were driving, and, and uh, the person in front of me started hitting their brakes, and so I hit my brakes, and all of a sudden, two vehicles in front of me, they come right directly at me. I had no idea what was going on. They lost control of their vehicle. And they spun around and they come right directly at me. And uh, you know what? I, I couldn't control what was taking place except what was going on inside my vehicle. And uh, just like you and I, we can't control the outcome of everything else. All we can do is make sure that we're doing uh, what we can do and let God take care of what's on the outside. Of our life, you know, when it comes to trials, when it comes to tragedies, when it comes to difficulty times, we can't control those things. Cannot. Cannot control those. All right. Any questions? Comments? All right. Number two. Number two. Let's look at the win. Yeah, he, he worried so much that he made a vow. But number two, God gave him the win. Look in verse 32. Bible says, So Jephthah passed over the children of Ammon to fight against them. And who delivered them into his hands? The Lord delivered them into his hands. Delivered him into his hands, and he smote from Ahor, uh, even till thou cometh to Mineth, even twenty cities unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. What took place? They won. Jephthah won a great battle. Jephthah not only beat the children of Ammon, but he also went on and he won 20 cities. So he just continued to march and continued to march and continued to march until he took all of that that belonged to them. And it's important that he discovered or it's important that he, he went on out and did exactly what God wanted him to do to win. He subdued, he subdued uh, the children of Ammon. 
And in verse number 33, it says that they, they suffered a great slaughter. Suffered a great slaughter. Why did he win? Why did he win? The Lord did. Do you, I, I, just completely hypothetical question here, do you think that it had anything to do with his vow? No. No? No. 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 His, his vow was one before he made that vow. I agree, I agree, 100%. I do. That vow, that vow had just, was something that he come up with, was something that he wanted to do wasn't something that was required of him to make, but was something that he wanted to do. But it, it, they did win. They did win a great slaughter. They won 20 cities. And in that verse, it almost indicates that they didn't even stop. They just went from one city to the next city to the next city to the next city. Do you know how long that would take? You're going by foot or maybe by whatever some cattle or some horses or something like that, maybe a chariot. I don't know what they had, but you think, do I? Donkeys? Man, that'd be slow, wouldn't it? And trying to push them across there and go to the next battle, and, and they just won and won and won. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It could have taken days to be able to do this. You know, to be able to win 20 different cities because you take those 20 cities, how far apart were they? You know, how close were these cities together? But Ammon, being the mighty man of valor, he just continued to march and continued to go, and he won. And he won the victory because of the Lord, because the Lord was on his side. I think it is David that said in the Old Testament, he said, the battle is the Lord's. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Ammon would have realized that, he would have never made that vow. But God proved that to him when he, he had the slaughter that he had, and he won. 20 cities in a row. It didn't say that he didn't have any casualties, but he won 20 cities in a row. Any questions? Makes you wonder, though, why other than he must have been holy God, he must have been hip-hipped up or hopped up or something to make that vow because he had that only one daughter. Yeah. Overzealous. But yeah, overzealous. Yeah. yeah. You just don't know. No. What works in people's mind. No, no. And maybe he thought, maybe he thought in his mind he had to make that commitment to the Lord for God to deliver them. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in my mind, I'm sitting here, I sit here and read this, and I'm like, man, there's no way that you, if I even make that vow. There's not even an inkling in my mind that I make that vow. Well, God... I'll sacrifice it if, if you will just give us this next battle. Yes. You know? Yeah, I just wonder if they had hogs and dogs and lived in the house. Had to have. Had to have. Yeah, but... but whatever come out first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They probably had... Yeah. He would sacrifice them. Yeah. But, who knows? I don't understand it. No. But they won. Hey, yeah. But they won, and God gave them the victory... And they didn't stop until they got through all 20 cities. And, that's, and that, to me, that's a huge thing, too. Not stopping till all 20 cities were vanquished, or all 20 cities basically were flattened before the Lord. So, any thoughts or questions before we move on to the last point? Yes, sir. 
maybe he ought to go and pat himself on the back and get, get most of the credit to himself. Maybe that bow to the Lord. There is that possibility, Brother Alfred, that he wanted he wanted people to see what kind of how, what he was willing to lay on the line to make sure they got a victory. Well, he had to satisfy the vow. He did have to satisfy the vow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It shocked him who it was that came out. But oh yeah. He had yeah. to satisfy the vow. He did. He did. Let's look at the judgment. Lord, lastly, number three is the woe. But in verse number uh, 34, and Jephthah uh, came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him uh, with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her, beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. Now, I, that, that alone makes me question why in the world would you make a vow that says the first one that comes out of my house, I'll sacrifice him. Because you knew going home that that somebody, somebody, either your wife or your daughter, were coming out of that house to meet you. Today, I got home. uh, Lindsay came with me to the office today, and we got home from the office, and and, uh, I hadn't even put the car in park. And Alyssa and Reagan were standing on each side of the van waiting for me to get out, you know. I mean, if, if, if me, in my mind, I've been to battle, I've been gone a couple of weeks, I don't know, a day, a couple of days, or I'm coming home from battle and having won a great victory, I know she's coming outside to meet me. Right. And yet, no, but God, if the first one that comes out the door, I'll sacrifice him. <laughs> Maybe he was hoping for his mother-in-law. Maybe that's what it was. He was hoping for the mother-in-law to come out. I don't know. I better I better tread softly. Sometimes my mother-in-law watches over here, so I better stop. <clears throat> I better stop. Okay, here we go. And the Bible says in verse number three. <laughs> And it came to pass, there's 35. When he saw her, he rent his clothes. Rent his clothes means a, a sign of mourning and upset. You know, that's what he was. As, uh, in the book of Job, that's what he did, was rent his clothes after his children died. And, and it said, alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low. Well, wait a minute. Stop, bud. You brought, you brought yourself low. He immediately threw the blame at his daughter. That, it wasn't your daughter's fault, you dummy. It was your fault for making this decision and vowing a vow that you knew, you knew that your family could come out that door. Why couldn't you have said, God, I'll give you my best cow? I mean, you know, hey, God, if you let us win, I'll give you my best cow, my best pig. I'll give you whatever it is, you know. Not my child. Whoever comes... I wonder how much he charged to rent his clothes out. (laughs) (sighs) And he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. Look, she wasn't the trouble. It was him. Now, let me ask you something. You ever said something you wish you wouldn't have said? Sure. Put your foot in your mouth? 
Oops. Yeah. I do it here. <laughs> you do? Yeah. According to some people. <laughs> no comment. Look, there are times we say stuff, we're like, what in the world did I just say? Look, and he says, I open my mouth and I cannot, and I cannot go back. When we open up our mouth and we say things, we can't take, I talked about, you know, we talked about that Sunday, but we can't take anything back that we say. And when he made a promise to God, he couldn't take it back. Your Bible says the call of God is without repentance. You know, I'm called to preach. God called me to preach when I was about 14 years old. But I can't take that back. I can't send that back to God and say, nope, I don't want it because the call of God is without repentance. I can't take it back. No more. No more could I send that back. Could Jephthah say, nope, God, I messed up. I I need to send it back. He had to pay what he said. He can't take it back. Much like we can't take back what we say. You can't get back what we say. Sometimes we wish we could, but we can't. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which hath proceedeth out of thy mouth, for as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Think about the faith of this child. This young lady, whatever you need to do, Dad, just do it. Are you kidding me, Dad? Go get me the sword. I'm fighting you, bud. I ain't going down without a fight. I mean, isn't that what your response would be? Go get me the shotgun, Daddy. We're going to have a talk. Did you promise to kill me if I come out this door? If that's what you said to me, Daddy? No, she said, is that, hey, boy. He said, yeah, he did. But she said, whatever, whatever you need to do, Dad, let's do it. Because the Lord brought your enemies to their knees. Wow. It speaks a lot about this young lady. You know, her faith in the Lord, her faith in even her dad. She trusted her dad to make the decision that, she, that her dad needed to make because he had said it. Did Jephthah have to pay? He didn't have to do it, but God was going to get it anyway. And in verse, um, we'll continue to read in verse 37. He said, let me alone two months. She said, let me alone for two months and, may I, and I may go up and down uh, upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I, I and my fellows. And he said, go. And he sent her away for two months and she went uh, with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months, she returned to her father, uh, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man, which she meant that she was still a virgin. And, uh, and, and, and it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. So he did exactly what he vowed to do. Um, it says a lot about... It says a lot about the character of Jephthah. Oh, that he would, that he would keep his vow to the Lord. But at the same time, I, I don't understand why he would make that commitment. But he allowed her to, to spend time with her friends, uh, for two months before she died. And it didn't say nothing about her dying. 
And it says right here that he did according, he did according to his vow, which he had vowed. So what did he vow? And, and in verse, um, verse number, uh, verse 31, right? Hold on. Then it shall be whatsoever cometh forth out of my door to meet when I return in peace uh, from the children of Ammon shall surely be, the, surely be the Lord's and I'll offer it up for a burnt offering. So he had to kill her and burn her. What's the Oh my goodness. Wow. His only daughter. His only daughter. And then, and then they... They bereaved, you know, for four days every year for the death of Jephthah's daughter. But none of that had to happen if Jephthah doesn't make that decision. Right. You know. But at least he followed through with the vow. He did. He made his the commitment right. The vow was right. unnecessary. Yeah. He made it, and he kept yeah. the vow. Yeah. He did what was right by the vow. But he didn't necessarily have to make that vow. Right. Not in my opinion. Yeah. No, he Not didn't in my have opinion. To. I don't think so. He I th- honored it. He did. Mm-hmm. He did. If we had that hard decision set in front of us, I don't know that we would honor that decision. No. No. Wouldn't. I'll just tell her when she left to come over that needle, man. And that was a done deal. Now you have to have so much paperwork and legal work and backdoor stuff. And and then you're still liable that someone's not going to pay what what they've said they were going to pay in the contract, you know? When we sat down and we signed papers for the house, I I promise you, Stacy, that that thick of papers? And I had to sign just about every one of them. What am I signing here? You and didn't I mean, read a thing. no. I know you did. No, I read it all. The, the, no, you didn't. The realtor lady read it to me. Look. You were making a vow. I was. Uh-huh. All that stinking paperwork, man. Just to buy a house. Because people aren't true to their word. You know, and that's, and that, I mean, where we live at now, I mean, we need to be true to our word. We need to be true to what we say. If we say we're going to do it, well, hey, let's get her done. Right. You know, don't lie. Don't lie. Sometimes it's kind of easy to. It's, it's easier to tell a lie than the truth. You have to have a good memory. But they... <laughs> <laughs> a lie, man, you'll be chasing yourself all the time. What did you, what did I tell them that I was doing? Where did I tell them I was going? Did you remember that? Then kids, all right, you better get this. Look, you can't lie with a kid. They will tell on you in a minute. They will tell on you in a minute, buddy. And you can't bribe them. No. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, they'll shoot you down with every single thing. You try to hide something, they ain't going to let you hide nothing. That's why Jesus blessed them. Bless you, the children, right? That's right. I, I, you know, it's 
uh, we've got to make sure that we're true to our word, true to our word as Christians. You know, make sure that we're the ones that we keep the deal. You know, other people might go back on the deal or whatever, but well, we're going to be true Jerry to the deal. Said a while ago, just a handshake met was something sufficient. Yeah, yeah. It was to Jephthah. Yeah. And that's a steep price. price. I can't imagine trying to do that to one of my children. I'd make you cry. It'd be more than that. My wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I will say this, and I'm going to close. That's why it's so important. So important we watch what goes out of this thing right here. Oh, yeah. Because Jephthah never has to make that decision with his daughter if he doesn't open his mouth and say something he shouldn't have said. Yeah. Be careful what you promise God. That's right. Oh, yeah. And we sing that song um, in the hymn book. I have decided to follow Jesus. Hey, do, do you really mean those words? Oh. Or are you just saying it to sing a song, you know? Uh, mm. Mm. You know, I mean, you I, think about. I know. You think I about. I know what he had to do to save me. Right. You think about some of those words to some of the old songs that they make commitments to God. You know, was that "Have Thine Own Way, Lord"? Have Thine Own Way. Hey, are you really saying, "Hey, God, let have Your way with me"? Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing with Baptist people. Hey, I am. I am Baptist, man. Well, don't say it loud, okay? I'm proud to be a Baptist. Hey, Bubba, you ready? Any questions or thoughts before we close? I tell you what, this guy wasn't very bright. So <laughs> he, he could have given money or anything. Yeah, Lord, I promise you this. I got this. I got a bunch of cattle. Like, yeah, I got this. You know, going to the church and eating his own family. Nope. That's right. Don't barter with the Lord at all. Don't even, don't have, well, God, if you do this, I'll do this. No, that's not. No. It's really not how we should do a transaction. No. Truly. Actually, he murdered his own family. Yep. That's a shame. Well, he, he opened the door when he asked, yeah. when he told God that. About his wife. No. Don't even know if he had one. Nope, it doesn't say. Or a mother-in-law. <laughs> Turn the thing off. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they were serious about promising the Lord, but that, that, you got people, oh, well, Lord, I was just kidding, man. You know? <laughs> you know, yes, sir. All five Amen. of my mother-in-laws are dead, so. Oh. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Oh, my. <laughs> Did you bury them before they shut their eyes? Oh. oh, we got to end this here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you so much for your.